Hour News. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local, regional, and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. This is the Midday News for Wednesday, September 21st. In the headlines, Dominica joins the rest of the world in recognizing World Alzheimer's Day today under the theme, No Dementia, No Alzheimer's, to raise awareness about neurological disorders. World Travel and Tourism Council president says she knows it's been discussed for many years, but the Caribbean needs to act to have its own airline. And the U.S. Federal Reserve is expected to hike interest rates again today for the fifth time this year to attempt to quell inflation. But it is anyone's guess as to what that rate hike will be. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited and Discover Dominica Authority. Start fresh with the cash you need with a loan of up to $20,000 from Courts Ready Cash and get a reduced interest rate with your salary deduction. Plus, pay nothing down for 60 days. Enjoy same-day approval. Flexible re- payment terms and hassle-free service. Start fresh with the cash you need today. It's easy to apply and no deposit is required. Visit your nearest courts or courts ready cash location or apply online at www.readyfinancecaribbean.com. Ask about our payment protection plan. Contact us today to start fresh with the cash you need. Courts ready cash. We are ready when you are. Terms and conditions apply. Reunite from October 20th to 30th, 2022. Dominica invites you to celebrate the World Creole Music Festival. Three nights of pulsating rhythms on one stage. For more information, visit www.dominicafestivals.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at Dominica Festivals or Instagram at Dominica.Festival. Dominica's World Creole Music Festival. Celebrating 22 years in 2022. October 28th to 30th. Dominica joins the rest of the world in recognizing World Alzheimer's Day today under the theme, No Dementia, No Alzheimer's. World Alzheimer's Day is observed annually September 21st to raise awareness about neurological disorders. Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of dementia and affects the person's memory, mental ability, and ability to carry out simple tasks. On World Alzheimer's Day, healthcare organizations support Alzheimer's works, while seminars and public activities are held in communities around the globe to raise awareness. This year's theme for World Alzheimer's Month is No Dementia, No Alzheimer's. It is in continuation of last year's campaign, which focused on warning signs and diagnosis of dementia and also the effect of COVID-19 pandemic on the dementia community around the world. As the 11th World Alzheimer's Month campaign commences, Adi, CEO, Paolo Barrino encourages everyone everywhere to get involved this September and help raise awareness about the disease. In 2018, we counted 800,000 people doing World Alzheimer's Month. It's been growing every year, and last year we had 45 million. Can we do better than that this year? Can we make even more people aware of Alzheimer's and dementia globally? Uh, as you know, the theme of this year is about post-diagnostic support. Last year, we focused on diagnosis. This year, we are saying to government all over the world that you cannot provide a diagnosis without providing some level of support to people that receive such an important and often shocking news. So um, we uh, know that a lot of you are preparing materials and distribute materials 
they keep people informed about the early, middle and late stage of a disease. We want more primary care um, practitioners to uh, direct people towards that material to make sure that you as Alzheimer's Association globally are uh, involved in this process of supporting people as well. So please um, have a wonderful month. I hope you will enjoy uh, helping as much as we do and I know you will and I will um, be looking forward to give you the message at the end of World Alzheimer's Month when we tell everybody how we've been doing. So good luck and have a great month. Addy CEO Paola Barbarino. The World Rivers Day Committee recognizes Dominica as being one of the leading members in advocating for river protection. In view of World Rivers Day taking place on the fourth Sunday of September, Father Franklin Cuffey, chairperson of Dominica's World Rivers Day, revealed activities to be held, which is expected to be filled with entertainment and positive energy for everyone. World Rivers Day is celebrated every year to raise awareness about rivers and to encourage their conservation. The day celebrates Earth's waterways, in which over 60 countries participate every year. Today, rivers face an enormous challenge posed by humans due to climate change, rapid urbanization. The World Rivers Day Committee internationally recognized that we in Dominica are leading, you know, the struggle to protect our rivers and that we appreciate. World Rivers Day is always observed on the last Sunday in September. So this year it will be the 25th of September. And in Dominica, we have a number of activities happening at this time. We have the girl guides. And of course, you know, the guide, girl guides are on a stop the abuse campaign and they are calling back for the return of one of their own, Kanisha. They're very concerned about that. They will be using green ribbons on that day and distributing to sensitize people of the reality of the abuse, not only of our young people, but also the abuse of our environment. We're also expecting members of the Cadet Corps. We're also expecting the Food Maho Scout Troop, who after the church service, will lead us into a parade to the Lyo site where we'll be having the official opening of the day's activity along the beach. It's going to be a family day. We are hoping to have Benjasima. So we're talking about seaweed and river. So we are hoping to be able to provide eight varieties of seaweed products. You know, and this is going to be the first time we link seaweed and the TTWA activity. So I think we're looking at a lot of excitement. My Father Franklin Cuffey, the French Prince of Buyo, an album by Dominican-born Buyo artist Dario Rio Sebastian, has just been released, allowing fans to familiarize themselves with the new music before his WCMF debut on October 30th. Rio has been in the music business since 2018, yet his music has a fun and fresh atmosphere that has drawn the attention of listeners all over the world. The title of the album perfectly captures this young vitality, which is further underlined by the presence of 13 completely new, previously unpublished songs. The album's new objective is for the Kaliho native to promote not only his music, but the genre as a whole. My goal for the Fresh Prince of Bouillon was simply to give a different perspective on, on Bouillon, eh? show what Bouillon could be, you understand? Not could be, but eventually will be for people, the outsiders can take Bouillon more serious. Also show, you know, a different side, you know, how versatile 
Buyo can be. You know, outside people that just listen to Buyo and think Buyo is just one thing. Show, you know, the whole love side and, you know, the, the rough side, the money side. You know, appeal to, to a greater audience. Part of the goal of the album, especially the music videos, is to, to show how, how Buyo can be clean and look like money. After that, people can take us more serious, you understand? But my experience through the whole album, so far been, been tough. Spend a lot, a lot of money, you know, spend a lot of time in the studios, probably two years in the making. But um, I believe at the end it will all be worth it, man. I really hope my, my the people that listen to the album enjoy it. At least, you know, see me as an artist, see, understand, understand me and feel me more as an artist, you know. Hopefully I gain more fans, people understand me more. You know, I really hope people do enjoy the, the album. Dario Rio Sebastian. According to Dominican-born Lieutenant Commander René Francis of the New York Police Department, any use of force may typically be overlooked in larger police department institutions. Francis emphasizes that while it is appropriate to inform the public when an investigation is underway, internal responsibility is equally necessary. Most police officers who want to keep their jobs will ensure that they are acting in a specific way because they are aware that when there is an interaction of the public that necessitates the use of force, there will be some kind of scrutiny. So I'm not sure, going back to the point, like, yes, it's always great to inform the public that we're looking into it. But as Mr. George says, too, if there's no accountability, not just public accountability, but if there's no internal accountability of, okay, this is what happens when you put hands on someone. You have to account for every time you have some sort of physical interaction with the public, most police officers that want to keep their job, that want to keep their pay or their vacation days, will make sure they're acting a certain way because they know there's going to be some level of oversight. A supervisor has to say, yes, this was an appropriate level use of force, or hey, you have to be suspended for this because this was excessive. She argues that public accountability is insufficient if there are no regulations in place to ensure that force is effectively implemented or any proper standard operating procedure for how the agency will conduct its investigation. So I'm not sure what are the, are the policies in place to ensure that force is being regulated correctly. So it's always good to tell the public we're looking into it, but if there's actually no sort of like SOP, some standard operating procedure of how we're going to investigate it. Of course, if you have your friend who is investigated, he's going to say, good job, he deserved it. But I'm not sure what the oversight is. You know, we can tell the public all we want, we're looking into it. But if there's no actual proper things in place, ensure that it is. And also, too, the supervisor responding cannot be a supervisor that actually was involved. You have to be a neutral party. So that way you can look at the facts and say, yeah, this shouldn't have happened you obviously got too far, we need to discipline you. But of course, just like any person, if they know that there's no discipline, they're going to act accordingly. If they know they can get away with murder, then they're more likely to commit murder. Lieutenant Commander René Francis. Obstetrician and gynecologist Dr. Geoffrey Lafon stated that since he always found himself in leadership positions growing up, he would have offered himself to enter the political arena if he lived in Dominica. He claims that despite not residing in Dominica, he still keeps up with the country's development because everything that happens there affects his family's lives and the lives of everyone else related to Dominica. He was speaking on the In the Spotlight radio program Monday night. 
I also live in Dominica, even mm -hmm. if I'm not there as well. So whatever happens in Dominica affects me, affects my mother, my stepmother, my aunt, you know, my, my daughter, you know, my friends as well. And affects it, and it's, it, it in turn affects me as well. So whatever. So yes, I'm interested in what is how my country is being governed, whether it's governed well, not being governed well, whether the government is accountable, not accountable, and and so on and so forth. If your question is, Doctor, if you're in Dominica, would you offer yourself for service? The answer to that is yes. Yes. Because I've always seen myself in. I've always, I shouldn't say see myself, or maybe ended up in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. Happened mm -hmm. at high school, even happened at Mona. When I was at Mona, the guy said, man, LaForma, you can, you can run for, for, for hall chairman or deputy hall chairman. I, I ran, I won, you know. So I've always got, gotten myself involved in leadership. When asked whether he would run on the platform of one of the two present political parties in Dominica or as an independent, he replied that he had issues with both of them. So if your question is, Dr. Lafour, would you offer yourself a leadership in Dominica? Leadership. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what it can be because the leadership offering myself a service, the answer to that is absolutely yes. Independent candidates in the region don't fare well. Okay. Yeah. And worse yet, for me who have lived outside of Dominica for over 30 years, so you have to appreciate the, the, the people between 18 and let's say 40 really do not know me. So to go as a, to come to Dominica and say, well, I'm going to be independent, no. The next question would be, would I go run on a ticket of one of the existing parties? I have issues with the, 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 the both primary parties in Dominica okay. at this present time. Okay. And being an objective person, and I don't want to say I like this one more than the other. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my issues with Dominica and Dominicans at this point in time. It's either you, you one or the other, mm -hmm. which, is, which, is, which, is, which is a bit loud. Obstetrician and gynecologist Dr. Geoffrey Lafond, resilience planning and development consultant of the Climate Resilience Execution Agency for Dominica, Samuel Corrette, claims Creed has been able to develop disaster management committees for the most vulnerable and build to their capacities. He says some of these are still ongoing and Creed has also developed most of the disaster management plans for 41 communities. He was speaking on a local radio program. We have almost completed the most vulnerable communities, just a few left, and we have developed a project document seeking funding to allow us to finish, to complete the exercise, to do all the communities that are left in that categorization. But, you know, our preference would be for all the communities in Dominica, all communities in Dominica, to be very prepared to be ready for the eventualities of disasters because it's not if, it's really when. And we're building a resilient country. And we believe that resiliency, the fundamental pillar of resiliency, is resiliency at the community level, the family level, the community level. And so to have resiliency at the community level, you need information, you need structures, you need capacities in terms of individual capacity, institutional capacity. We have to take this business of resiliency very seriously. It's not a matter, it's not a joke, it's not just a cliche, it is life. It is survival for us as a country. Samuel Corrette of Creed. Meantime, CEO of Creed, Francine Barron, says losses of $3.5 billion were suffered five years following Hurricane Maria. 
And just to look at one sector of the economy that was affected and the housing sector, for example, we suffered $955 million in losses to our housing sector. And when the post-disaster risk assessment was done, it was determined that 90% of homes were affected and to varying degrees. I think 5,000 homes were damaged beyond repair and 24,000 homes suffered different levels of damages. So looking at Dominica today, looking at the landscape of Dominica and where we are, we have made significant progress. And it is recovery across the board, recovery of our road infrastructure, recovery of our agriculture, recovery of our homes. So there has been tremendous progress that has been made in Dominica in many different areas. CEO of Creed, Francine Baron, First Secretary in the Embassy of the People's Republic of China and Dominica, Pan Zuahi, has praised the dedication of the first batch of medical teams to Dominica. Four medical consultants had been living in Dominica for about three years, providing medical care in various areas. A ceremony was held to bid farewell to them on the weekend. Here I want to stress that all four doctors could not have achieved such good results without the strong support of Ministry of Health and Dominica China Friendship Hospital. Here, on behalf of the Embassy, I would like to express my sincere thanks to the Dominica side for your strong support. Finally, based on the current pandemic and the weather situation, I wish all four doctors to return to China as scheduled. But one thing for sure, Dr. Wu will come back to meet us in the near future. When Dominica China Cardiovascular Imaging Center is established, I look forward to seeing you again, Dr. Wu. <laughs> that was the first secretary in the Embassy of the People's Republic of China in Dominica. And a project consultant, Winsome Leslie, says the CDB-backed crowdfunding project has no preference towards funding for small and medium-sized enterprises. During the week of September 26, the ECSRC will be looking to help SMEs raise needed funds to help advance their businesses. However, she says these businesses must have a realistic target as to how much they can possibly raise. It's the, in terms of targeting of industries. I think we're we're a little bit agnostic about that. I mean, I don't think that there is a focus specifically on a particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whichever platform or platforms is successful coming out of the sandbox process, they will have to establish rules of the game in terms of how they're going to run the platform and what the requirements are going to be. But I think from the SRC's perspective, I think we're not uh, looking to, to, to promote any particular industry per se, but I would hope that the industries and the companies that are interested are those that are really key to the development of the ECC region, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of minimum and maximum amounts of fundraising, I think, again, that is going to be um, looked at more closely by the platforms themselves, but in terms of the individual companies, they will have to make a decision in terms of how much they want to raise. And I would say, I would caution companies to think about this very carefully. And this is where expert advice will come in because in crowdfunding, while it's an easier, uh, I should say a simpler process than traditional equity financing, you have to really think about 
how much you need and how much you can realistically raise. Because if you set a target, say you set, I don't know, let's say $50,000 and you don't close that campaign $50,000, you don't get anything. So it's very important to, to, to think carefully about the fundraising amount and make it realistic, but also um, in keeping with what you're going to need for, say, 12, 18 months of, of, of operations. Project consultant Winsome Leslie. In other news this afternoon, Julia Simpson, president of the World Travel and Tourism Council, believes it is time for the Caribbean to have its own airline. I know it's been discussed for many years, but the Caribbean needs to act as an entity to build capacity that will benefit everyone. Demand is there, and I believe investors are there too, said Simpson, while delivering a special message to attendees of the International Air Transport Association's Caribbean Aviation Day in the Cayman Islands last week. Simpson also called for lower ear taxes to drive business and investment. We know that this stimulates customer demand while making it more commercially viable for the airlines to operate, said Simpson, as she showered praise on the government of Antigua and Barbuda for announcing a 50% reduction in taxes on airline tickets for travel within several Caribbean community Caricom countries. She stated more countries need to follow in these footsteps. In fact, by adopting some common policies, it will make the whole of the region much more powerful. And the U.S. Federal Reserve is expected to hike interest rates again today for the fifth time this year to attempt to quell inflation. But it is anyone's guess as to what that rate hike will be, as the cost of groceries and rent are still rising. Nancy Cordes reports from the White House. Today, the Federal Reserve is at the center of the fight to bring down inflation. Overall, prices for just about everything have gone up 8.3% in the past year. Groceries spiked more than 13%, electricity by almost 16%, rent nearly 7%. So in the hopes of bringing down prices, central bankers are expected to raise interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point, the fifth rate hike this year. They're on the warpath, they, you know, aggressively raising rates. President Biden can't tame inflation, but he told 60 Minutes he's optimistic about getting it under control. We hope we can have what they say, a soft landing, a transition to a place where we don't lose the gains that Iran to make in the first place. That soft landing involves bringing prices down without sparking such a big slowdown that the economy slips into a recession. And the rate hikes will have other direct impacts on Americans when it comes to borrowing. The average credit card interest rate is already at an all-time high of more than 18 percent, and it could go even higher. And when it comes to buying a home, rate hikes have helped push a 30-year fixed mortgage above 6 percent. That's more than double from a year ago and the highest in 14 years. Economist Mark Zandi says odds of a recession are about 50-50. If we get a little bit of luck, uh, we don't get hit with another shock, and we get some uh, reasonably good policymaking by the Fed, we should be able to make it through. But those are a lot of ifs. And there are concerns, of course, that all of this could further rattle Wall Street. And with the midterms just seven weeks away, the economy remains the top issue for voters. And that's the midday news. But first, the recap of the headlines. Dominica joins the rest of the world in recognizing World Alzheimer's Day today. World Travel and Tourism Council president says she knows it's been discussed for many years, but the Caribbean needs to act to have its own airline. 
and the U.S. Federal Reserve is expected to hike interest rates again today. The news is brought to you compliments, Courts Dominica Limited and Discover Dominica Authority. I'm Kimberly Benjamin.